Okay, so you like my nifty little room? Nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, actually, and, and, and yeah. some um, flowers out there. Yeah. So yeah, so um, I, I so uh, Justin, tell me a little bit about you. So you okay. are fourth year students. Yeah, third rolling third, into fourth rolling year. Into four. um, not specialising in anything yet, not yet. quite yet. Um, and then today you're just going around meeting various patients and stuff. Yes. So tell me what you want to get out of the session. Do you want me to tell you my story? Do you want to ask questions? Do you, how do you want to work it? Um, you said 20 past, about 20 yeah. minutes. I think I, um, I'd like to know more about how the process of going through rehab is and what, yeah. what that does for you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah. Okay, great. And then do you have something else? or yeah, Probably just a little mix, I guess, hearing your story, how yep. it's been through rehab, and then maybe if we can practice asking some questions, that'll especially around function and stuff. Yeah, that'll be good. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so I guess I've got a really different, it's a different story. I, um, I ruptured my right quad tendon um, seven weeks ago, so on the 3rd of October. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, because I'm a below-the-knee amputee on the left side, and I lost my leg when I was three months, three months old. Mm-hmm. I was born with club foot, and they put a plastic cast on it, too tight, and gangrene set in. It's happened in the states. Yeah. Everyone makes that face, and I make that face too. Yeah, but yeah, um, it happened in New Jersey. So it's very difficult because I'm fifty-seven. So I grew up without having my left leg, yeah. um, and a lot of any of the rehab I did in that sense was as a baby or as a young child um, and that was learning how to wear prosthetics and stuff like that so this situation brings me into a whole nother array of issues emotional issues and functional issues so I fell um, and I, d- I really don't know because I got this prosthesis four months ago when I get a new prosthesis, my right leg takes quite a lot of, it bears a lot of the weight trying to get adjusted. And I just fell off a friend's little step from going from the kitchen to the lounge room and I just don't know what happened. All I know is I went down and when I went to try and stand up, I couldn't stand up. So um, I had surgery the next day and I was at RPA for two and a half weeks. Then I was at Metro Rehab for a month, for re- just for respite. And then I came here last Friday. So seven weeks later um i started um what i found really interesting about the process of rehab for me here is um because i couldn't move my leg for six weeks and had to keep it straight i didn't do any rehab Mm -hmm. when i started the rehab was friday and that was a process of bending and doing some exercises but what i wasn't um factoring in was the emotional side to the rehab yeah. mm-hmm. I, I hadn't actually considered how that affected me or how that worked in worked in with it all yeah. and I, I guess I'm, I am very unusual I guess because people that come in here they, they come in they may have stroke uh, uh, other functional ability of disabilities but because I've already got one that I've been contending with my whole life and then to have this it was almost like because this happened, it made me more dependent. I don't know if you can understand. I've learned to be very independent mm-hmm. as an amputee, because mm-hmm. that's all I knew. 
So I come in here with this problem and I'm completely independent, uh, completely dependent on everyone, which is another, that's another emotional strain. Mm. The other thing is that what, what I found with the whole process of rehab is I'm like 20, maybe 30 years younger than everybody else in here. So I found that really difficult as well. I'm sort of, there's this gap where if the majority of people are coming in for um, either some kind of functional issues due to breakage because of age, and then you have someone like me that come in because I have to have rehab for a physical injury, and there's such a big age gap. We kind of, there's a bit of isolation there as well, mm-hmm. which I kind of was finding in the first couple yeah. of days. Yeah. Since then, there's been a few more people that, uh, I've, that I've, I've seen coming at a bit younger. Um, there's also a couple people now that I notice here that are amputees, and when I got here Friday, there was no other amputees either, so mm-hmm. that's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I come here for amputee clinic, mm-hmm. Um, to Concord Hospital. Yeah. So, and my doctor, Dr. Hawthorne, is the the rehab specialist here. Mm-hmm. So it was it was only uh, that's why I came here for this rehab was for him. Yeah. But I generally see him as an outpatient for yeah. for um the clinic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So the pro the, you know so it's it's all those little things that I'm working working on individually, and then obviously the hard part starts with I've just started bending to 40 degrees today so we're a week in and then we're hoping to go to 90 degrees in another week and I'm probably looking at maybe having an extra three weeks here so once I can bend at 90 then I start walking but the complication I have is that it's very difficult to stand up and bear weight on my left prosthesis so we're being very cautious at you know when it comes to if you go into the physio room you see people um, that are being taught to stand up, to sit down, stand up, sit down. Well, when I'm trying to stand up and weight bear fully on my prosthesis, it's, it's really tricky because it's, it's, there's, there's not a lot of stability there because you don't have a firm knee, you don't have a firm foot grip. So yeah, so it's been really challenging in that way. Um, and, and obviously, since, since I've grown up with it, I've always looked at different little ways to get around things so that I can just do things, and I do things a little bit differently. The nurses always say, you're really good at transferring, you know. Um, it might be this leg, but I've transferred my whole life. I take the leg off, I go into bed. I take the leg off, I take a shower. So I've always transferred. So that's never really been my problem, you know. So, um... So, yeah, so... That's... I, I was saying to Daniel, my... Uh, the physio today I think having two day two hours or physio twice a day is really good because the work that he does with me in the morning he can repeat in the afternoon when I was at respite I was only doing physio two days a week and that was just to do some upper body strengthening because Mm -hmm. I couldn't actually do anything with the legs so you know I think that consistency is really good and whatever you get in the morning you can also repeat in the afternoon so you kind of get a break on Saturday, Sunday, because everyone's gone. Yeah. But it, 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 to me, it seems like it's the right way to do it. So hopefully that is, it was also going to fast pace it a little bit as well. Because mm-hmm. I've already been in hospital seven weeks, and I really don't want to be in for another seven weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that in you know, four weeks I get to go home. Yeah. That creates a whole lot of another issue as well. Because I live alone. I have a very small bathroom. I don't have, I'm hoping by next week to be out of the chair. But I really don't have a lot of room. I'm in an inner city apartment in Nashville. You know, you know what those bathrooms yeah. look like. Um, so trying to get around that and manipulating that. So 
the other aspect of of, re, of rehab would be the occupational therapist, and I've already had someone speak to me. So within the first week, I've talked to an occupational therapist about doing a home assessment when I get home. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a social worker about how how I'm traveling since I've been here and uh, what supports I have at, I've had at home. And I actually spoke to a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. Now the reason I spoke, and I don't know whether this happens in everyone's case, I would hope it would, because I think that is part of the, the part of the rehab has to be connecting the patient with everyone. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. And I think early on, because then you know where to get your supports. Yeah. So um, a clinical psychologist. And the reason I got connected with that was because I was having a lot of problems with relating to Justin. A lot of problems relating to Justin. And I don't think it was his fault. I think it's it's my memory. So it's almost like I was getting some PTSD from having lost my leg to a registrar yeah. very early on in my in my picture. Now, as as a two and a half month old baby, I don't I don't think I remember what that was. But it was something about Dr. Hawthorne leaving me in his care that was just, I was reacting mm-hmm. to, and it was just, it was really quite bizarre. So yeah. um, I've been working through that over the last couple of days, and I, now I'm kind of better with him. Mm-hmm. So now he, he would not have any, he would not think that he's done anything to affect me, but it just goes to show you how you could very well affect a patient and not know why or know mm-hmm. what you did. Yeah. He, he he doesn't know what he's done, but it's just something that kind of my memory was connecting to him. And then, you know, he was saying things like, um, we got off to the wrong foot. I mean, you wouldn't say that to an amputee, I think. You know what I mean? So there's there's also, and, and he wouldn't know that that would, would be offensive, but it's little things like that. You're so busy trying to be a doctor, mm-hmm. you're not thinking about the other little personality things that that come into play when you're dealing with human beings yeah. and that basically what it is what it is mm-hmm. I think so yes yeah, so I'm working through that and I guess I can because I've got it in my head and I've I understand myself quite a lot to be able to mm-hmm. acknowledge that and to do that there'll be a lot of people that don't know how to do that they don't have a voice they just follow whatever it is the doctors tell them to do and they don't stand up for themselves so so yeah, so you know, I initially when he asked me if I could sit down with you guys, I was like, no, I don't want to see students, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, but then I thought about it. And I said, well, Michelle, you you know, you are a teacher. I've taught all my whole life has been about teaching, you know. I, I I've I, I know people have never met an amputee. I teach them. I, I've had kids, my children, my daughter's classmates go, wow when I've worn shorts to drop off at school. They've never met an amputee. So I have spent my whole life teaching people and, and educating people about being black, black being a female. I mean, it's, so that is part of my life. And I think mm-hmm. I kind of let go of the little battle my mind was having with him to acknowledge that, no, maybe you, you should. It's valuable for you and sit down with other students and students and talk to them. We're all students in the world, you know. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so that's me. Um, Thank my, you. <laughs> that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now you're both stunned. <laughs> so yeah. So I don't know, was it was it too much? It, no, it gives you a yes, kind of yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm like that. I kinda wanna get straight to the point mm. and, yeah. and, and and add all that stuff. But and it's interesting because it's only I've it's, I've been here a week. In a week I've met those support systems oh yeah I didn't include the physio so 
physio, clinical psychologist, social worker, um, head nurse, um, and then doctor and then registrar. I mean, that's six people outside of the other little lackeys they have around them because I'm sure there's extra ones that come with it. But still, that's quite a lot of people for a patient to be meeting on Mm -hmm. top of the shift changes. So there's like 15 nurses within a week, you know, there's all these shift yeah. changes. So it's quite a lot of a lot of people. And also think about the fact that you're probably scared half to death as well. Like when I first came in, I was, I mean, they're getting me five, six weeks later, but initially I was really angry. And then even when I actually, when I first came in here the first day, I was really angry. I was angry because it's like, this is the third hospital. You mm-hmm. know, how many more do I have to keep going? When is yeah. this gonna end? So, I mean, people that have long-term, and that's the thing about rehab, you've got a period of time. It could be short-term rehab, could be long-term rehab, you know, and you just, your, 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 your emotions are just going up and down. So, social workers, psychologists, they're really important for the, the process, really important. Even if they just pop in and say good day, and then, and I think too, like doctors, you've got a responsibility to suggest that. And I think it was Jason that said to me, Justin, still having a problem connecting his name but he was I think he was the one that said do you want to see a psychologist mm-hmm. and it is yours it is really important for you to include those people mm-hmm. because it takes it takes I guess it allows them to do some stuff to free up the patient so the patient can then have a relationship with you you know what I mean mm-hmm. so do you guys know where you want to specialize yet or um I'm thinking maybe psychiatry yeah, yeah I've, which is I'm, great yeah I've liked more that it's not such acute care, but you see your patients again, and you know you can see them get better over time. Yeah, long yeah, term. Yeah, that's right. Relationship. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something I'd enjoy. Yeah, that's great. And what about you? My general practice. Yeah, that's great. How long do you have left to go? I've got one year left. Oh, yeah, so amazing. The next year will be. And you, Jane? Yeah, one year. That's amazing. Well done, guys. I mean, that's not, it's not been easy, is it? I mean, I did a four-year degree, but that was in the States. Mm-hmm. We require, we do four-year degrees anyway for a bachelor degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in the 80s, you know. And then when I got, to, when I finished that, I moved to Australia, I think, in 88. Mm-hmm. And I had like three or four opportunities to go into psychology because I worked in within the disability sector. And, and I was like, nah, I just don't want to train anymore. <laughs> it was all about going back to school. But, yeah. you know, I think it's great, you know. And, you know, especially, like, I work in the in NDIS um, space at the moment. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much that there's, there's such a lack of good psychologists that are in the industry. And, and general practitioners, I forget it. You're going to be busy all the time. You know, there's that many different places. And people are always going to be sick, mm-hmm. mentally and physically. So we've got two good representatives here, you know. So that's fine. I wish you both the best of luck getting through the next year. You just mm-hmm. got to do it. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, and buts. No, you just yeah. do it. That's you sacrifice right. everything, and you just study, and you get through it. And then you decide. You might want to take a break, you know, to build all that up for that time. But just get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell people with training, just get it out of the way. Even if you don't want to do it now, at least it's done. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other questions or... I mean, I know it's quite early starting your rehab, but mm. what are you hoping to, um, I guess, get back to com- compared to where you were before? Look, I want to get back to 100% where I was before. Yeah. And I think for me it's so important because I've only got the one leg to rely on. 
I've never had uh, an injury this bad to this leg. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another, I had um, some loose cartilage once, mm -hmm. about 18 years ago, and they did a keyhole surgery and cut that away and I was fine for about 15 years. I didn't have any pain in it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm mostly really active. Like, I mean, I go out and dance sometimes and I walk, I don't walk a lot, but I will do two or three blocks, you know, yeah. with friends out at the rocks. Um, I drive, even though it's an automatic. I'm constantly up and down. I'll put this prosthesis on in the morning at say eight, and I don't take it off till 11 at night. Mm -hmm. So this leg is working all the time. <laughs> yeah. Now, the one thing I have had to acknowledge is that I'm 57, and this leg is 57, but it's probably like 108. Mm -hmm. It's probably done twice the work. Yeah. And so I have to acknowledge maybe going forward, I'm going to do less of all that stuff and start using some tools more. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't use tools. Like the physio, yeah. the OT said to me, so when do you normally take a shower? Do you sit in one of these chairs? And I went, no. She said, what do you do? And I said, well, I stand on one leg. I mean, I've been standing up on one leg, taking a shower for my whole life. Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe I'm getting to the age where I need to have a shower chair and I need to start sitting on a chair. So I get that. Um, but if I can get it up to as 100% where yeah. I was before, and then I will start reducing the strain I put on it. Okay. So that's the hope. Mm. The reality is it may take 8 to 12 months to do that. It may... The, the, it, the continuation will more than likely happen way before, way after I leave here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Next, come in. Uh, 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 what do you need to come in? What do you need to do? Oh, yeah, I just need a few more minutes and then. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that all right? All right. Okay, last shell. So difficult, you one, two, six, five, one, seven, six, uh, seven, eight. Yep. Okay? Yep. <laughs> Thanks. No, I just took those painkillers, so I'm good, yeah. All right. Okay, sorry, guys. Yeah, we'll finish. We'll finish because it's going to come back anyway. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so did you have a question now? Yeah, so in terms of the house in Ashfield, did you find any difficulties prior to the injury doing anything independently that now you feel like might become more significant obstacles? Yeah, um, okay, so no. First part of the question, no. I didn't find anything that was difficult. I have, there, there are two steps to get into the, um, into the block, so into the, uh, what do you call it, the walkway. And then there's a step to get into the door on this side. And then as you go through the walkway, it's kind of like a ramp, and it's a step to get into my unit. So really, either way I went, if I went, I'd only go one, two, three. I'd have three steps this way, two steps this way. Now, I was managing to get into my bathroom to sit on the bathroom, take the leg off, swing in, stand up, take a shower. All of that was fine because I was quite capable of doing it, and this rock of a leg of mine just continued to do the work. So there is definitely going to be some significant issues when I go back. Okay. The main significant issue is going to be, I can't have this wheelchair. I have no room for a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to get on my feet. Even if I'm using a walker, it's probably going to be a tight squeeze with a walker. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to 
there's no room in the bathroom to really move anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to rely on having a shower seat, yeah. not a shower chair. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be an issue around me transferring into a shower yeah. seat. So, and I'm going to have to readjust the shower head and bring it down. So now I'm in a rental. So I've got to now battle with my owner to change the shower head yeah. and make it one that's an extension one so that I can just use mm-hmm. it. So, you know, I'm quite capable of that. He's a pain in the neck and I'm sure I'm probably going to have to pay for it. But um, there are going to be some significant changes um, to, and most of it is around the bathroom. Okay. It's completely around the bathroom. Now I can try and get out of there and move into a place that's got a bigger disabled toilet, but I'm in the inner west. It's going to cost me more because it's going to be a newer unit to live in something like that. So, you know, and then try getting on a housing list that's 15 years waiting. So watch out. So that'll be difficult as well. Um, just um, to yeah, we're wrapping up now. Okay. Okay. Get on the two or three, and then we get ready. That's great. um, Come out there. I'm just okay. going to page the therapist, and we'll go to go head to the other room we were in. Okay. And yeah. then we'll get them to talk to you there because it's actually a bigger group. Great. Excellent. Okay. Thanks. Um, so one more question each. Yeah. That was that was a good question. Yeah. And that's good because it gives me something to to think about. But I have been thinking about, it, especially mm. since I'm talking to the OT okay. as well. Yeah. I'll need a commode chair because I'll need a higher toilet seat yeah. or an, an elevated chair for the toilet because my I mean, when I think about it, I used to bend down quite low to use the toilet. So I'm not going to be able to do that, especially while I'm trying to strengthen this. Even if I'm bending, it's still not going to have the capacity. <laughs> may not be that strong. Okay. So mm-hmm. A raised toilet seat, I think it's called. So I'm looking at some additional equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. And in terms of your family and what supports you have? Well, I have um, all my family in the States. Okay. So I'm here on my own. Yeah. There's quite a lot of us like that around here. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of friends. Are you or all your yeah, family in the, all States? the States? Yeah. So what part are you in? I'm from Baltimore. Oh, fantastic! I have some. My father's people are from Maryland. Oh, Baltimore, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I have good. You know, when you're when you're over and you're from another country, you develop a lot of really good friendships, and they're like your family. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have an. I do have an ex partner that I'm quite close with. I have an eight year old daughter who. Is just adoring, and she loves pushing this wheelchair around. I don't know why she's so strong. <laughs> um, and then I have lots of other supports. I got to uh, a friend of mine, Phil. He's from England, you know, and him mm-hmm. and I are really close, and his girlfriend. And so these are like a core. I've got a core of about ten people. I yeah. I, I include Dr. Hawthorne in that as well, because I, you know, him and my prosthetist as well. I work with um, OAPL, used to be Appliance and Limb. So. They're, they're part of my support networks as well. Yeah. I, I can bring Dr. Hawthorne and ask him to do anything for me, mm. and he will. Like, yeah. he's just so supportive. So yeah. I think you need that, you know, especially I need it because I'm dealing with this. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And my question, excellent, is less of a medical thing, but I guess for people who are trying to become doctors, especially, like, if you want to work really closely with patients, do you have any sort of advice? I know it's always different dealing with different people. You mm. kind of... Mm. need to work in a different fashion. Do you have any sort of advice, ways to do this? <laughs> you, know, you know what, I get a good vibe from you guys anyway. I get a really good vibe. And I think, uh, you know, I'm so glad that I turned around and said, no, yes, I will see you instead of no. Mm-hmm. And the reason I said no was because I wasn't feeling it with Justin. You've got to, you've, and I'll tell you why. 
from the first day I met him, the first thing he started doing is throwing questions at me. Throwing questions at me. That's, you know, he had this sense of enthusiasm. He just wanted to talk to me. Mm-hmm. He hadn't built that rapport. You know, the most important thing is to build the rapport. Mm-hmm. So when you're first meeting a patient, you want to listen. You want to say hi. You want to just sit with them. And then you might leave them. Next time you see them, you might want to sit with them. You might want to ask them a question. And then you might want to leave them. Mm-hmm. The next time, they're, they're happy chatty. And they're going to tell you their whole life story because yeah. you've built that. You know, you've spent that time. Yeah. But that was one of, the, one of the things that I really disliked was the powering of questions at me. So what brings you here? And so what happened? And what happened to that leg? And, you know, I wasn't ready to be that yeah. vulnerable. You've you got to think, people are in vulnerable situations. I wasn't ready to just throw my hat in the ring and just... So, yeah, that's a great question. And I think you guys have excellent energy. And, and you do just what you're doing now. You're sitting there with compassion. You're sitting there with empathy. You know, you're, you're looking straight at me. You're not looking down. You know, it's, it's great. He looks down all the time. He never looks directly at me. So he's got issues he's got to work at, you know. And I'm about to teach him because that's just what I am. I'm a teacher, you know. And he's already learned a lot. We've both learned a lot, you know. And I think it's just about, it's just about that. It's about trying to put yourself in their position and just carry that empathy, but the rapport is so important, and it means you don't have to say anything. Energy is establishing a rapport. You know what I mean? That gives you the rapport. You're just establishing energy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then when? How long have you been here? So this is my third year in Australia. Yeah, and you came straight over to study. Yeah, straight over. Wow. Here. And do you, when you finish, you're gonna go back or you're gonna stay? You don't know. <sighs> Not sure. I'm thinking staying now. Wow. Because everyone from both sides of my family actually live in Japan aside from my parents. Wow, fantastic. Okay, so you were there by yourself anyway? Yeah, well... Going to school? Going to school, everything else. My parents were there first. They moved to Canada, actually. Wow, okay. Yeah, for work. They were the lucky ones, though. Apparently everyone's trying to exit America under Trump. And it's a mass exodus, people trying to get out. A lot of people, they just can't get out or they don't know how to get out. It's a big, so someone was telling me about that the other day. I mean, you know, I just came and just, they never let me leave. So, okay. Are we ready to catch up with the rest of the group? Okay. So anyway, it was an absolute pleasure. So I wish you both the best. And um, yeah, you're going to do fine, hey. Mm-hmm. You, you really are. I'm really. I'm. I'm, I'm quite. Um, really proud to be able to spend some time with you. So thank you. You've not only given me quite a lot too. So there's uh, there's hope. There's so hope in humanity with you too. <laughs> That's great. Oh, and you know, and keep studying because I might be your patient. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> we often don't get to choose our patients. Who, who needs our help? They come to our door and you. You help them the best. I, I might. I might knock on the door one day. Go. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you're kidding. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is Sorry, those are my favorites. Okay, awesome. All right, take care, guys. Thanks so much. See you soon. Bye. Good luck.